Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and I'm Ellen and this week we're talking about postnatal depression with Emily Jane Clark. But before we chat to Emily Jane, let's remind ourselves what happened last week. The Harlequins Foundation was set up two years ago um, and we signed the mental health charter um, because we wanted to step into a space which no other rugby foundation was doing anything it really about. Um, some had activities, but this is going to be a mainstay of what we do for years to come. Emily Jane is a Metro.co.uk blogger. She's also got her own blog, Sleepers for the Week, and she's a published author. So she's here to talk to us about postnatal depression. So today I'd like us to talk about postnatal depression in a train station. Thank you very much to Circe's Champagne Bar, which is where we are, in St Pancras International Station in London. Emily Jane, why are we here? Well, um, definitely not because I wanted to come to a champagne bar in London and get out of bedtime and dinner time. Uh, mostly because I want to do this podcast and I have a massive tube phobia anxiety so you'll probably hear bits and bobs of trains coming past because that's where we're recording at st pancras which celebrates its 150th birthday this year with a series of events exhibitions and installations in the run-up to the big day which is on the 1st of october to find out about these you can check out stpancras.com for more information so emily jane thank you very much (laughs) hi thank you very much for coming on mentally yours um i'm very excited to meet you you've been writing for metro.co.uk for a while now and generally what you write about is parenting blogs for me Mm -hmm. um and you've also written some stuff for us about um, postnatal depression yes which is what i'd like us to have a chat about today the obvious thing to ask to start with is um before you experienced it 
had you had any experience of mental health issues at all? Uh, no, not really. Um, nothing, certainly nothing sort of clinical, I think, you know. I, like any, everyone else, I'd had sort of ups and downs and a bit of, a, a bit of anxiety when I was younger, I think. Perhaps had panic attacks. And, but again, nothing that, you know, couldn't be solved with a cup of chamomile tea. And I hadn't really come across anyone who had suffered from mental illness mm -hmm. either, which was why I think it was so hard to recognise that I had actually something wrong with me. Mm. How did you recognise it? When did you start noticing something wasn't quite right? It wasn't actually me, it was kind of other people. Postnatal depression is so different from every person and it can come kind of different stages of post-birth. Actually, some people get it prenatally as well. But mine actually hit me the instant... The baby had come out <laughs> literally as soon as she was born. I burst into tears. It was really weird. Mm. It was a perfectly all right water birth. It wasn't traumatic. But obviously I'd never had a baby before, so I kind of thought, maybe this is just what happens, you know? Just mm. Basically, like, two weeks later, I was still crying, so I uh, hadn't slept, and the health visitor sort of said, maybe you've got postnatal depression. And I was like, no, I haven't, honestly. Because, like, you know, I did, it's, it's really weird, because it's not, like, an obvious you feel different. It's, like, a, quite a gradual thing. And obviously I had a, a baby. I was really tired, wasn't sleeping. So I just assumed that when I get some sleep, I feel okay again. And, you know, and then we had the midwife saying, maybe you've got postnatal depression. I was like, no, honestly, I didn't know much about it, to be honest. I based it all on, you know, soap operas where, you know, you'd see the mum throw the baby, the pram into the road, or they didn't love their baby and things like that. So, and I didn't have those symptoms. It was six years ago, and there wasn't as much sort of written about it people weren't as open back then there wasn't things like this um, podcast or anything so I just didn't have a clue I refused to believe I had postnatal depression I just genuinely believed I was rubbish at looking after babies I was like I'm so rubbish at looking after babies I'm not going to use an excuse that I've got an illness you know when I'm just tired and rubbish at motherhood so yeah it was other people rather than me that um, kind of told me I, I was ill what do you think it's like these days in terms of the amount of pressure on mums to be sort of like the perfect mother? Do you think that's still an issue or do you think it's I think better? it's getting a lot better than um, when I have had my baby. There wasn't as many of these kind of honest blogs or and people weren't as open about mental health. It was kind of the peak time of the perfect mother. Um, there was a lot of crafty blogs and... Um, you know, things like that. There's a lot of glossy magazine articles. All I found about it was these mothers having a wonderful time. Yeah, I, I just felt like I must be doing something wrong. You know, I'm just not good enough. And um, that definitely, while I don't think that was the cause of the postnatal depression, I think that, that that's so complicated to put down what, what it is, I think it definitely didn't help sort of being confronted with that and just feeling I am not like that. I read all the books as well, which was also my downfall, because I, I thought it would be really good to read all the books about babies before I had the baby. So, you know, I was, like, having to go at my husband, why are you reading these? We need to know everything, because I had no friends with babies. I didn't have a clue how to look after one. So I thought the best idea would be to read every single book out there. So obviously when the baby came along, it was a bit of a shock to the system that it, it didn't do anything that the babies in the books did. I also think that was, that was another thing that contributed to the postnatal depression because I just felt such a failure because it wasn't happening like I had envisaged it happening from the books and, you know, the stuff I'd read. From the time between um, sort of starting to get very upset after your birth of your child, mm -hmm. how long did it take you to then 
start getting the steps to, to get help? I think it was a long time. Like, um, eventually went to the GP after my midwife, the health visitor, kept saying, you know, you just go and just see what they say. And the GP even said I had postnatal depression and I had really bad anxiety with it as well. I was, I was still like, and she gave me some antidepressants, but I was still really did not, even though it was pretty, you know, I hadn't, I couldn't sleep, had really bad insomnia, I couldn't eat anything, I'd lost loads of weight just in that first, like, few months. I was crying all the time, so it was, you know, when I got better, I could see how bad I was, but even then, I was like, look, I remember saying to the doctor, look, if I was really ill and had really bad clinical depression, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. I mean, I've got up, I put my makeup on, I come to the, you know, and um, anyway, like about a week later, I couldn't get out of bed. So I was like, oh, OK. I remember in my head having this really big, good plan. I would just stay in the bedroom because I think I'd got really anxious about carrying the baby down the stairs in case I dropped her. So I remember just sitting on my bed, just crying, thinking I'm just going to stay in here because I was breastfeeding. So I just thought I've got boobs, I've got nappies, I'll just stay in here. And in my head, I think it made perfect sense just to do this and I think that was when I kind of uh, realised my husband came home and I had been sick, the baby had been sick so I was trying to force myself to eat because I just couldn't eat so I was just sick everywhere, my husband was like I think we need to maybe go and stay with your parents for a bit, so that was when I kind of started going to the therapist Were a lot of your symptoms similar to that where you were like worried about hurting the baby or something bad happening to the baby? Yeah, definitely, I had um very bad anxiety they often go together don't they depression and anxiety but I we couldn't quite pinpoint which came first was I depressed because I was so anxious about the baby or was I you know anxious because I was depressed it was very confusing but I definitely everything made me anxious I was worried that because I was so tired and, and sleep deprived I was worried if I went outside with her what if I passed out you know, and left the and the baby was there in the pram. I was worried that you know a kidnapper would know. That, this is, it sounds ridiculous now. A kidnapper would know that I was tired, so feel they could just come and nick the baby. And the neighbours were perfectly lovely, but I was convinced that they were going to come and kill my baby because she was crying in the night. And it was like a terrace house, so in my head I was thinking, what if they get so wound up? And I know it sounds ridiculous. The other time it was really scary. I just like thought, you know, they're gonna. They're going to just come. And even I couldn't have any noise in the house. So even the baby crying would give me a panic attack because I just felt like they're going to hear that. And I remember she had a cop mobile and I couldn't have that on because I thought, imagine hearing that tune over and over again. It, something might flip in their brains. And these poor neighbours, <laughs> I think I saw them when I got better a few months later. And, I did, and they were just really nice and said, oh, how's the baby? And I thought, oh, actually, maybe they're not murderers after all <laughs> to be clear like that doesn't sound ridiculous at all mm, like it, I think I have um obsessive thoughts intrusive yes, thoughts and it's that's so what similar. it is yeah it, and I yeah. think like if you then had a baby added in mm. where it is actually a vulnerable small human yeah, being it yeah. magnifies that massively definitely definitely and, and it, the, the weird thing about kind of a mental illness it's it's not obvious to you it kind of sneaks its way in until you lose sight of what's of kind of the line between reality and you know insanity it gets a bit blurred and it sort of wheedles its way in if you don't get help it gets it, it sets in and you know those intrusive thoughts actually start to feel like your reality which is why it's so important to obviously get help and get the counseling so I had cognitive behavioural therapy, so they kind of change your behaviour and the way you see your thoughts and give you techniques, which was a godsend. Was that the main way that you kind of got through it? 
started feeling better. They gave me the antidepressants, but I actually got so anxious about taking them because I was breastfeeding, and it was, breastfeeding was the only thing I could do because, well, it wasn't even me, I suppose, as the baby could do it. But um, I've been told to stop because I was hardly eating and sleeping, but I thought it's the only thing I could manage to do, you know, back then. So, And they assured me that the drugs were fine mm. with breast milk, but you know what, it's, when you're in that place... And the side effects were awful. I took a few and they just made me really sick and horrible. So I just came off them. But I started cognitive behavioural therapy. And when I actually started, I was going for insomnia because this was at the point where I um, was still convinced I just needed a good night's sleep. There was nothing wrong with me. So I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to help me with my insomnia. So I went for the initial consultation. She said, I remember lying on the, uh, the Edinburgh scale thingy and pretending I was better because I thought I don't you know I'm not always, if I was trying to judge it if I'd had a good night's sleep this would be the truth but um she referred me to the sort of lead psychiatrist and she was she basically told me off for being you know for leaving it so long and she was like you're actually really ill you know if you won't take the uh, antidepressants I will help you but I will warn you it's a bit like trying to you know help a broken arm without a Cast, when you were kind of told there is something wrong, oh. how did you feel? Like, did you feel any shame? Did you feel relief? I don't know, actually. It's kind of neither, really. It's still... I think when you first hear it, as, and you hear this expert who's seen so many people with the same problems of you say, it's still doesn't kind of, at that moment, sink in. I think, you know, you go home, you start going about things and you read the information they give you and it sort of sinks in gradually and you think oh actually maybe she has got a point but there's always that little part that little voice in your head that says no you're not ill you're just rubbish you're just rubbish at this don't use it as an excuse it like it's always there on your shoulder trying to convince you you're not ill and it's only when you get you can get it into your mind you can accept it you can start really helping yourself can you talk to your family and friends about postnatal depression it depends, I think. Personally, I, I didn't talk to anyone about it. I just felt, and I, certainly a lot of women I've spoke to as well were the same. You just feel so ashamed, I think, because you've got this perfect little baby and, you know, you're supposed to be feeling all these joy joyous feelings and love for your baby, but you, you don't. So you feel kind of ungrateful. You don't want anyone to see that. So I didn't really talk to anyone. I spoke to my mum, who, again, at the beginning was convinced that I just needed a good night's sleep until... I went to stay with her and she kind of realised, yes, you probably do need help. But I got quite good at hiding it and I think that that was part of the problem why I got so bad because I kept it all inside. And, if you know, if you met me, on the outside I looked totally normal because I just didn't want to talk about it. But it, And it was exhausting, like, keeping up the pretense. I just avoided people as much as I could until um, the charity Homestart got in touch and kind of forced me to go to one of their groups and I met other people... Uh, with mental illness and babies as well. And actually, they were all quite normal too. I was, ex- I was like, I didn't go for ages. I was expecting this room of crying mothers and, like, suicidal people. Like, I was like, that's just going to make me more depressed. I'm not going. But actually, they were all um, pretty cool. With Homestart Group, what did that actually involve? Was it just kind of talking about stuff? Was it more supportive? It was just really um, whatever you wanted it to be, really. Uh, you could go and talk about what you saw on the telly last night or some people would open up and talk about how they were feeling it so it's just really great it was there was no pressure to talk if you didn't want to you, you could just sit there and you know have a cup of tea with other people in the room or 
you know, if you wanted to talk, there was always one of the um, volunteers who have probably been through it themselves once upon a time. You could have a chat to them or one of the other mums, but there was such a wide range of people. Um, it did make you feel less alone, I think, because you feel like, oh, God, actually, you know, <laughs> I'm not the only one. And postnatal depression isn't actually just like the soap operas. It's yeah. sort of affects everyone differently and I'm sure it's so easy to become really isolated when you're experiencing that because you're like I'll oh, just stay home look after the baby yeah. <laughs> kind of be in this pit of feeling awful you think if I can stay in in here until it's until it's over until I'm better and every day seems like a year it's so hard I just remember like them saying if you go to this therapy you try and get help I kept asking them when will I be better when will I be better and they were like well it could take a few months and that at the time just felt you know, it just felt like it sounded forever. Even if they said, you know, take the antidepressants, you know, they could help. Still, it was like, oh, it could be sort of six weeks. I was like, oh, but then what if I'm getting better by then and I've started taking... So it's just, yeah, it does make it seem even longer when you are just sitting in the house yeah. on your own, trying to sort of get through it until you feel better again. What kind of support or actions can people take to make it a bit easier and less kind of awful for a mum who's struggling with postnatal depression? I think um, just sort of let her know you're there. You know, don't even try and offer advice or anything. I think just support with practical things is always a good one because when you're really depressed, um, even something like washing a bowl feels like a major chore. You just want to lie on the settee. And I remember staring at the no signal for about on the telly on the sky because I was, just couldn't face getting up and get the remote control. It's like not a laziness. It's a real, like, I don't know, overwhelming feeling like everything's so hard. So practical things are definitely a help. And just reassuring her really that... Um, it's actually not her fault. She is just she is just sick, and it happen. It can happen to anyone. You know, the same as people could get asthma or diabetes. You know, things like that. So, and do you think on the part of doctors, would it have been helpful to have those kind of early check-ins so you figured out what was happening um, sooner? I don't know. Maybe with some people, I did. I mean, mm. I did see the doctor fairly soon, but she just kind of. She didn't really go into detail. She gave me the antidepressants, basically. Yeah. And so I was still thinking I don't need them. I just thought she was trying to give me a quick fix and get out. And, um, you know, she didn't really explain what they did. Or I was just thinking, because obviously I've totally sucked in by mainstream media, thinking that these happy pills are going to change me and suddenly make me all happy. And I was like, that's, you know, I'd be such a weakling if I needed happy, you know, things like that. But obviously now... Um, I know a lot better. Yeah, it's none of it's <laughs> yes, true. Exactly. How has blogging and the blogging community helped you with postnatal depression, but also just generally with sort of challenges of motherhood? I started writing um, about postnatal depression and the sleep thing. There wasn't kind of that many things about uh, sort of saying how hard that you know the hard side of motherhood because it's a fair few years ago now and um so it was really great because suddenly i met all these brilliant people online that were going through the same thing as me so i think in instantly i felt less alone and you know through uh writing sort of about quite dark things but making sort of it through humor i just um so not the funny side because it wasn't actually funny but I just think it, it just helps and speaking to other people also made it, who made me laugh about everything In terms of having a second child um, were you very scared about having one at all because did you expect to have postnatal depression yeah, again? Yeah I was absolutely terrified I mean 
wasn't strictly um, pla- <laughs> planned. <laughs> Sorry, baby. I always planned to have two, actually, but I just was going to have a little rest first. Mm. I was already in therapy by then, so it was really useful because obviously I could bring up all my fears with my um, therapist. Actually, I think in a way it made me more determined to try and I think I doubled my sessions and I really wanted to get better before the baby. But also I was, I'd resigned myself to, to probably having postnatal depression again. I think the odds are quite high. If you've had it before, you will get it again. And my therapist was honest with me and kind of said, you will. But um, mm. I think I'd set myself up a support network by that time. I had the therapy, who was, she was going to come round and see me, my therapist, after I had the baby. All my family were aware of it. I'd kind of talked about it and by then, so I think I had all, everything in place, so it was OK. When, and then I was just like, I was almost on a high because I didn't have postnatal depression, even though I was really knackered, not sleeping, you know, felt rubbish, got these stitches. I felt almost, like, elated just because I was, I'd had a baby and it was two days later and I wasn't crying. What's the kind of time frame? Is, is there a general time frame for postnatal depression for how long it lasts or does it just vary for every, every person? I think or? it varies. And yeah. also some people don't actually get... They can sort of go along, you know, the first nine months to a year feeling perfectly OK and it suddenly suddenly hits them then and it, yeah it can it can set in at any time and then it depends on how much help and support you have mm. I just can't I, you know it's so important that we, we do talk about it I think mm. that that is key to recovery and um, if antidepressants are offered to you and you think that they will help on their own they probably won't you do need to do the talking as well to get to the bottom of it but yeah definitely I mean it took me a while because I was in denial about it but from when I actually started accepting it and getting help you know it was a few months where I started to feel a little bit better mm-hmm. but had I not had you know all that support network and I lived in an area where the waiting list wasn't too long for CBT and they had home start charity that actually came round to your house to check on you have my you know family around the corner had I not had that I just dread to think how much it even more it would have spiraled out of, out of control how did it affect your relationship with your partner well, it was really tough, actually, because he was also kind of dealing with first-time parenthood and he's not very good with the lack of sleep thing. Um, so he was struggling himself and then obviously saw me struggling. and we, So we were all a complete mess. So um, he just came home from work one day and, we, like I said, there was just this sick everywhere, you know, because I tried to, be, tried to eat this microwave cottage pie. I don't know why that matters to the story. Just remember... <laughs> <laughs> sticks out of my head and the baby was just a sicky baby and so he just came home and drove to mum and dad's and we went and stayed stayed in my old bedroom for a while which was weird but he was just didn't know what to, what to do he couldn't uh, we just thought we just need some extra help so mm-hmm. it's a bit depressing we have to go back to your to your parents house for help when you're a mother yourself but um yeah. But the fact that you actually got the help, I mean, yes. I think it's just really important. Yeah, I had some amazing people. The health visitor just was, was, you know, she was coming more regularly to come and see me. They were just, mm. I think that was definitely, definitely key to recovering. So what advice would you give to um, partners on supporting someone with postnatal depression? I would say find out as much as you can about postnatal depression yourself. Um, perhaps go along to one of the therapy sessions or just, you know, look online because um, if you under- that will give you a better understanding of what they're going through because it's not always easy for someone to explain what they're what they're feeling to you and just be really patient and um, 
don't kind of you've got you've got to see it. it's hard when someone's being really cause they can, you can become really distant and into yourself it's hard to kind of not resent them I think but I think you've just got to think it is even yourself think it's not, it's an illness she can't you know she can't help it and just um try and be as patient and practical things like I said with the friends as well just really help with them and just reassure her that even though she feels rubbish she's not a rubbish mum. So when we launched the podcast the kind of the idea of it was to try and make fun of some aspects of mental health so I know a lot of the blogs you've written me are hilarious which sounds like a kind of hard thing to do you know be talking about these serious things difficult times in women's lives but then having that kind of black Mm humour looking back now are there any sort of instances that you see as quite funny obviously not funny at the time just the way the way your mind plays tricks on you when you are when you are that that tired um like the paranoid thoughts and you know when I became the convinced these neighbors were child snatchers and that they were stalking me and I just you know remember say telling my husband that you know they're definitely stalking me and he was like you don't even leave the house how are they stalking you I was kind of like well you know when I took the bins out it's sort of like, yeah, OK, it's bin day, so probably doing their bins too. And uh, I just remember hallucinating, which sounded really weird now. I remember hallucinating. I used to hallucinate my baby daughter's head on my husband's body. So he'd come in and I just... Obviously, this was sleep deprivation and, the you know, and the depression as well and this... Obviously, at the time, it was terrifying, but thinking back, I can see the this baby-faced husband. I know, it was really weird. It was really freaky. It was li- and, the, and then I had another hallucination that used to get me, like, in the night, because I was breastfeeding. My baby would just sort of become part of my breast, so the head, the head would disappear, and it was just boob and body, like, across there. And I remember being so tired and seeing this hallucination. I was thinking, actually, that's quite handy, because now I won't have to pick her up to be... I was like, that got that far gone. I was actually thinking, oh, actually, it would be quite handy now my baby's stuck to my boob. So. I mean, in a way, it kind of would be. Yeah. It? it would, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. see, there's a part of me that still thinks, actually, if they could invent babies that do that, mm. that might be a good thing. I could have had a few naps then, couldn't I, while the baby just sat there. Yeah. Mind you, if it went for a poo or something, mm. it might get a bit messy. Yeah, that's the floor in the mm. plan, I think. Yeah. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. to Emily Jane and thanks very much to Cersei Champagne Bar and St Pancras International Station for hosting us. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about this week please ring the Samaritans on 116123 or go to samaritans.org There's also some information about postnatal depression um, at the NCT website, which is nct.org.uk. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please do give us a review on iTunes or join us on our Facebook group, which is just at Mentally Yours, and it's where we're chatting about all things mental health, so it's a great place to hang out. So join us next week. Bye, everyone. Well, that's our train. (laughs) Guess we'd better get on it.
On we get. Mind the gap. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.